Hi, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo in the Howling, and you're listening to The Horror Squad. Squad podcast. Uh, tonight we're talking about Stephen King movies. We're talking about 1979's Salem's Lot and 1983's Christine. Uh, we took a vote on our social medias. We had a bunch of Stephen King films out there, and these were the top two, so we just decided to do a doubleheader. I believe it was uh, a tie, right? 2020? Indeed. Indeed it was. I, the votes were all over the map, though. So I, this was actually, I think, our most successful poll we've ever done. People Really love their Stephen King, I guess. So a ton of votes came in, and uh, it was really tight. A lot of votes for uh, Thinner and 1408 got up there too, and The Stand. So yeah, a whole bunch of whole bunch of votes. So thanks to everyone for voting. Nice. I was excited we got Christine because that's. I mean, we'll well we'll we'll save it till we do our top five Stephen King I, yeah, these were, there. Weren't these both of your picks, Todd? I I know Christine was for sure. I might have done Sam's. Lot. I don't remember. I yeah, I think you did. Nice. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about those later. Tonight, it's me, Todd, we got Joe, you just heard, and Steve. Uh, Sam is once again out, but she's going to have, I think, like four points of uh, a question on next trivia since she's <laughs> so yeah. she could win the freaking contest if she holds out. I know she's excited to talk about The Lodge, which I think we're possibly doing next week if it comes to Canada for Steve. So we'll see about that. Play it by ear. Or we'll do Gretel and Hansel, whichever, however it works out for Steve. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what you guys been up to? Same old shit, different day, really. That's kind of how it is, right? Right now, um, I just really hope things get back to normal sooner rather than later. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just you know, I I like having my hours cut at work. That's like the big nice thing about it. Uh, you know, because I'm still getting paid the same, which is nice. But other than that, um, yeah, it's just pretty boring. I mean, we just kind of sit around the apartment, and I mean, it's good for watching movies. Like I've been watching a shitload of horror movies. Like I know Steve's the same way. I I have like 50 movies on my Jeez. like what watch like <laughs> like so there's like so much like I you know like but yeah I mean other than that just yeah kind of boring. Exactly. Yeah, I'm the same thing. It's just I watched so many movies that I was looking at my what watch list, which is also like 50 plus, and I'm just gonna remove some because at this point, some of them I just <laughs> don't care enough about to talk about. But yeah, it's it's fun though. It's good. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really going on my backlog. I'm going in little tangents. Like I'm trying to finish off all the Stuart Gordon films that I didn't get to see for our review. Nice. Uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna hit some Stephen King ones too. Uh, a lot of them I haven't seen in a long time, and you'll hear actually three of them in my what watch this week. So just going on these little tangents, and it's been pretty fun. Uh, as far as what's going on, pretty much the same old. I did want to say this one little story uh, that happened this week, which I found super fucking weird. So uh, for those who've listened to past episodes, uh, I have a particular item in my house that may or may not be haunted, like attracting hauntings. And I was in the bathroom really early in the morning before like starting work. And I look up to the number side one of the or number two, number one or number two, N- number one. Okay. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> um, Important to the story. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going in for number one and I look to the other end of the bathroom and I have my uh, electronic scale uh, over there. 
and I see it turn on, and then it says step up, which is like the, the regular thing, and then it goes to 127 pounds, and then it stops working. And I didn't, I wasn't anywhere near <laughs> it. Fuck. I was just like, and it happened while I was right there. I've never seen something like that before. I don't know who the fuck's 127 pounds. It certainly isn't me. It so, might be the it might be the lady man that was in the that, coffin. That, that, that's all I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's oh. uh, paying me a little visit here. So yeah, it was, uh, it was it, it, I don't get creeped out a lot, but I was a little creeped out at that moment. Yeah, I was like 6:37 in the morning, and I'm like, oh man, it was too early for a haunting. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that that was weird. That one's good. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> so good time. So yeah, the old lady is uh, paying me a visit. Is this uh, bathroom on the same floors? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like in you know uh, throwing distance of the okay. item. So dang, yeah. she's just checking her weight, man. Just like you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're we're all getting bigger on the COVID uh, <laughs> diet, so he's just maybe checking in. That's funny. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. <laughs> getting haunted. Too bad it didn't. What if it said six 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 after? I think it's time, time to leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's time um, to go on that one. Right. All right. Uh, Want to get to some questions? Sure. Let's do right. it. Uh, you can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or hit us up by email, which is very rare, but it does occasionally happen. That's the Horror Squad Podcast at gmail.com. We do have a few questions here this week. The first one comes from regular listener and I believe very recent birthday girl, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kayla. So happy birthday to Kayla. Uh, she says, hoping to say welcome back, Sam. Halloween happy tonight. Well, hopefully we'll, she'll get a you know cameo appearance. That's all we can afford now is her for like two minute appearances. She's too expensive for us to do the whole episode. Um, said sad 1408 never stood a chance any chance for a quick thoughts and rating of it sure i i really like 1408 uh granted it's been a long time since i've seen it but i remember actually really enjoying it uh and uh i really liked how it ended from when it's like i said it's been a while but uh yeah i'd say that was a good one yeah and uh i i liked it too it was a pretty decent watch uh, I like the performances in it. It was really visually cool. Like, there's a lot of cool things that happen in the movie. So it's one that I, I would have definitely been excited to review, but it didn't win. Uh, but yeah, definitely a good Stephen King watch. But I will say this. Uh, when I went to Salem in October last year, I was listening to Stephen King audiobooks, and 1408 was one of the stories that went through while I was listening, and that was terrible. Uh, Stephen King, great author, uh, good speaker. I saw him speak in live, but terrible reader of audiobooks so stay away from that i can't i can't do audiobooks myself i've tried and i just end up zoning out that's what happened to us too uh, it was my first time really going through audiobooks and i, I just couldn't pay attention to it so that i, I prefer podcasts yeah for some reason i don't know why it's just i don't have it's, it's more, not it's like more a linear personal. story yeah. yeah more personal and but yeah i try it but stephen king definitely not a good one <laughs> Yeah. As far as 1408, I saw it when it first came out in the theater, um, so I remember very little of it. I, I remember not liking John Cusack, though, um, so I, I would have to do a fresh watch at this point. All right. Uh, her Also, she says, which Stephen King story would you want to see remade or sequel that hasn't had a recent one made? 
Um, you know what? I'm going to go with thinner. I like thinner, but I definitely think it could use like a big budget type of movie. Cause that one's like, I believe that one was a straight to DVD. The one that we got. And, uh, there's some cheesy shit in there. So I really think they could do a really good adaptation of that one. Yeah. If they remove just the gangster part, that would do, that would go a lot. For right. Me. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, it, um that dude voiced the Simpsons uh, gangster character there too. Did he? <laughs> did he? <laughs> Fat Tony. Fat Tony. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Um, I would go. I'll answer it a little bit differently. I think I would rather them do a version of the Long Walk, which they haven't done a movie um, of yet. I know it's been in talks for years to do it, but it's a really good book. It's just going to be the premise. It's going to be hard to translate to film because the premise is they make a bunch of young boys walk and uh, you have to stay above a certain mile per hour. I think it's like three and a half or something. And if you drop below that, they just execute you and it's all televised and the winner like gets something out of, I forget, but it's pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. And they did adapt it. It's called speed. They use the bus instead of people. So, nice. um, <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's a great choice. Uh, I actually have prints of that one. So that, that'd be a cool one to see. Uh, for me, the stand is the one that I would like to see redone the most. I know they are doing it, so I'm very excited to see it. And the one we're talking about tonight, Salem's Lot, uh, I think that story can be adapted really well. And, well, we'll see our feelings on it tonight, but uh, I think it's ripe for a remake. Um, so that's the questions we have from Kayla. So thank you very much, Kayla. Moving on to Angel. He says, if your buddy came floating up to your window all vamped out, would you let them in? Now, keep in mind, people in movies don't usually know what the viewer knows. Mm, you know, I would. I was thinking, I, I saw this one before the show, so I had a little bit of time to think of it. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I would, right? Like, because obviously if a dude's just floating around, or floating around, like even if it's like you or Steve, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I don't think I could let you in. Like, especially with my knowledge of horror movies, like granted, you know, you don't know what's going on, but just like from horror movies I've seen, there's no way I would let you in if I saw you fucking floating around there. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say no on this one. I think it would be exactly like the scene in um, Buffalo Vampire Slayer, the movie, where yeah. He, yeah. he goes up to the window, he's like, let me in. He's like, but you're flying. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so no. Uh, uh, Dewey there. I forget. What's his yeah. name? What's his uh, name? David Arquette. Arquette. There you David go. Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I got to sing karaoke with at Texas Frame. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which was supposed to be this weekend. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think I'd let someone in if they're floating. I mean, you know, my bedroom's high up, so there's no way. Uh, someone would be at my window other than them being basically a vampire so no <laughs> i don't think so i got a better question though for todd since he's a dad what if it was like one of your kids if it's one of my kids uh, at that point i'm just letting them turn me into vampires well. <laughs> yeah just make the whole family kind of like pet cemetery at the end there let's just all get on the same team all right <laughs> um all right so thank you for the uh, question angel and our last series of questions comes to us from Mandy. She says, hey, squad, I saw this on Twitter. Which horror VHS cover scared you the most as a kid? Um, maybe not scared, but did the biggest imprint on me, which was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I believe part four, 
Um, because one of them at the, at the back cover has the uh, the pizza diner scene, and I just remember that pretty vividly. Yeah, I remember. God, I can't really remember any that like scared me really. Um, but ones that like stick out in my head. Uh, this one's really random, but uh, Phantom of the Opera starring Robert England. Because, like, it, the front cover kind of looked like Freddy Krueger, but he has, like, a mask in front of him. Like, obviously, that's what the marketing team was going for with that one, which I've actually never seen, but I've heard it's decent. Have you guys seen it? I could have sworn no. you talked about it before, Joe. I mean, I've never personally seen it. I just okay. remember um, – you know what? Maybe I did rent it when I was a kid. Um, thinking it was going to be like Neighbor on Elm Street. And I granted, I don't remember much about it if I did see it. So, but uh, I've heard decent things about it. And I think Scream Factory recently came out with like a, uh, a re-release of it, but I'm not sure. But yeah, that one definitely pops into my head. And then obviously like the Elvira um, ones, because like for whatever reason, those VHSs, the covers of them were like way bigger than any of the other ones. So those ones always uh jumped out uh in my head as well and uh dead alive the cover for dead alive i remember always was like always like burned into my brain every time i think of going to the uh, vhs uh to the video store and the vhs horror vhs section so yeah those are some of them yeah uh for me it was definitely evil dead 2 the skull yeah the skull left with the eyes staring at your soul (laughs) Um, it just scared the shit out of me as a kid, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just that one. I, I'll never forget. Like, I even remember exactly what the video store looked like and where it was placed on the wall. Like, I just vividly remember that one really nice. scaring me. So it was actually like one of the closest movies to the fucking Western doors that went to the porn section. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, that, was, yeah. that, was that a thing in America where they put like Western? Yeah. Like, wooden yes. Doors? <laughs> yes. Or beads. So- yeah. yeah, or B, yeah. <laughs> my personal video store didn't have that one, but I've been to other video stores that did have the Western doors, but mine actually didn't have, like, a, uh, a door or anything. Like, literally, I remember I would walk. So, like, there was one, like, a hallway, but they – and then there was the big room, like, that, like, was in walls, but that hallway still had the porn tapes in it. So I remember when I was a kid, I would always just, like, walk by and sneak a peek of, like, the ones <laughs> go, going down the uh, hallway there. A, boob, a booby here and there? Exactly, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one more, like, excellent cover. It's Nine of the Demons, of course. We've all seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's just amazing, yeah, yeah. period. Yeah, that one's awesome. And it, uh, from what I remember, it says, like, Freddy and Jason, like, were, have been invited or something, like, on the cover, too, which is, like, a really cool little... Uh, tidbit. <laughs> Actually, tr- true story. Um, when, when I ran the, the, you know, the sex video stores, I actually uh, asked my boss if it was okay if I had I put in the Western doors in the back of the store and had regular movies back there, <laughs> just as like an in joke to the eighties. But that's funny. <laughs> he, 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 he refused, so <laughs> I was really bummed out about it. I thought it would have been clever and funny to do the reverse. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a little tangent. All right, uh, Mandy's second question. She says, "Is Stephen King the biggest name in horror? If not, who is?" You know, I'm. I yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, I don't. I, I you gotta like take in mainstream to account, and he's probably the most mainstream of all. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
I, I actually agree. When I saw the question, I'm like, you know, I was thinking about it and he worked with all the big directors and a lot of the big artists and makeup artists and uh, his stories have been adapted for years and a lot of them are big time classics. It's yeah. I think uh, if there is, you know, uh, a biggest name in horror, it's probably Stephen King, I would say. Mm-hmm. Who would you, who would you guys say is like the biggest director in horror? Like, is there say, someone? I want to say Carpenter. That's who I would say too. Yeah. Uh, but he is, also is that, hasn't he also hasn't made anything in like 20 years yeah he's, he's not my personal favorite but yeah. if i had to say who i think is the biggest i would say it's probably carpenter okay yeah i go with that mm-hmm. i mean i prefer romero that's just yeah absolutely the way i am but yeah um all right and her final question if you had to dress up as a stephen king character for halloween this year which would it be mm, great question um Hmm. I'm gonna say Arnie. I can see you pulling that look off. <laughs> is that, I was like, that's his name, right? From Christine yeah. tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Arnie. I'm gonna go Grease or Arnie. Oh, well, he's a dickhead. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'll stay in the same room. I'll be the car. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just get on my shoulders and we'll drive around. <laughs> um,. And for me, I, I think I want to be the bear from uh, The Shining. I think it'd be a funny costume <laughs> nice. that no one would get, and that awesome. would be kind of the in joke, you know? I like that. Yeah, they, they're I, actually Trick or Treat Studios has the mask right now on pre-order. Oh, are you serious? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna buy it for sure. I think it's I, like sixty bucks. It's awesome. I'm, bu- I'm buying it for sure. Yeah. You should do Jack Torrance one year, Joe. Shave your beard. I, yeah, that's the thing though. Like, I don't want to shave my beard like, for a Halloween because <laughs> yeah. I've like. Th- I thought about, like, me and Sam always think about, like, Halloween costumes we want to do, and there's always, like, so many cool ideas, but I'm just, like, I don't want to shave my beard, like, for it. So, this year, I'm thinking I might do Captain Spaulding, and Sam maybe goes as baby. That's oh, a thought, because okay. I get to keep the beard. Um, we're also thinking maybe, uh, I brought up uh, zombie pirates, like, from the fog, so that's another idea we were thinking. You could be uh, MacReady from uh, The Thing, but I don't think anyone would get it. Yeah, I mean, some people might, but that's actually a really good idea, too. I'm going to write that down. I like that one. <laughs> Get the uh, flamethrower. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And that's all the questions we had. So thank you very much for the questions. And don't forget to send them in. We love doing this segment and can't do it without you. Very true. What are we doing next? I forgot. What watched? Yeah. What watched, huh? Do we want to talk about our film that we are going to spotlight this week? Yes, sir. Uh, I guess I'll throw it out there. We're doing The Tagalong, which is a Taiwanese horror film. And um, we actually realized last week we didn't really talk about why we like kind of shouted out Taiwan and stuff like that <laughs> and why, why we're doing The Tagalong this week. That is because we charted. Uh, we're on, we were on the charts in Taiwan uh, I think we were number 14 uh, in um, movie podcasts, movie review podcasts. So uh, a big shout out to the yeah. the, fans, the fans in Taiwan. Uh, we also charted pretty – we did decently in Australia too. So thank you to all our Australia listeners. Australia Australia's listeners. got a lot of good movies too. They do. So I, I will definitely have to do a spotlight on an Australian horror movie 
coming up here soon too. Um, but yeah, so that is why we're doing the tag along this week. So uh, I don't know if you one of you guys want to kind of take it away and do uh, the synopsis and all that. Go for it. You got the IMDb up? ID? What the fuck is it called? IMDb up, Steve? I can pull it up right now. Uh, I don't have it up, but I can pull it. Uh... I got it. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so the tag along came out in 2015, and the way we picked this was we googled top uh, Taiwanese horror films, and this one shot straight to list. Actually, has like five sequels, I think now. Um, but it's a story about a video of a group of people going hiking, a mysterious little girl in a red dress following them around. Um, there's obviously a lot more to that. There's, I right when I watched it, I got really. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they borrowed a lot from some Japanese horror films, but I got like big Ringu vibes and. Um, yeah, Shutter and stuff like that. Even though Shutter's not that great, but I got a lot of vibes from those movies. Did you guys feel that coming in? Yeah, I got a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of vibes from like The Grudge and stuff like That's that. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got big time like Grudge, The Ring, all that. Like you know, it was yeah for sure. Yeah, but I really liked our main character, um, and I'm gonna butcher his name, Ho Chi Wei, played by River Hyung. Um, I thought he was really well done, and he, like, plays, like, a nice kind of, um, you know, living with grandma still, but, like, trying to get with his lady, and she gives him the cold shoulder. I thought his character was really well done. Um, I kind of identified with him because, I don't know, he just had this, like, uh, this air about him that I, I really liked in the film. Agreed. Yeah, I thought he was great, and I thought most of the performances were, were pretty good in this one, for sure. That um, wasn't my main... Uh criticisms which i'm sure we'll we'll get into but yeah uh over i mean overall i i did like this movie i will say that but uh yeah i don't know i just thought there was a lot of uh uh you know it was just like i've seen so many like jr movies and i feel like this was just a lot of the same like you know a big time like uh ring you and uh the grudge vibes and all that so that you know like watching it i was like ah you know but i i really did enjoy the uh going towards the end of the movie which i'm sure we can get more into but I'll, you know before i go off on a tangent and you guys talk of too good steve yeah uh yeah i, I kind of feel the same way i really liked this movie and before i go i just want to say that uh, this one and the sequel are on tubi so if you're looking to watch it as well and follow along uh, that's where i found it uh, yeah, I, I love ghost films. Uh, I love Japanese ghost films very much as well, often better than the American version, except a couple of cases, but mostly better. And uh, I really enjoyed this. I had never even heard of this one, and uh, I thought it was awesome. So, yeah, very, very happy that we got to see this uh, film from Taiwan. And uh, we'll talk about it more in depth very shortly. But, yeah, overall, I really, really liked it. So which, what things did you guys like? I mean, the main problems with me were uh, the CGI. That was like a big yeah. problem for me. I, I don't, I don't think it was necessary to go so CGI heavy with this one. But I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they did it, you know, because they thought, you know, they had a budget and they're like, all right, let's throw some CGI in here, and it, you know, there's CGI in America as well and stuff, so let's try it. And it, I, I this would have worked way better with practical effects and there were some practical effects in here. And when they did use the practical effects, I really enjoyed it. But then the CGI, it was really just like bad. So it yeah. took me out of it a little bit. Um, there were a couple of cool CGI scenes. I will give them that. Um, especially like with the little kid, like crawling around, there was some really creepy shit with him. Um, 
Which is also a criticism, too, because it was a little too close to, you know, the grudge and ring and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that those were my, that was my big main negative with this one. Um, I'm 100% there with you. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the beginning, um, it seemed like the girl was at work from like sunup to sundown as a radio DJ. And I just thought that was strange. <laughs> yeah. just a stupid, it's a stupid nitpick, but I noticed that. I was like, eh. But other than that, man, I... I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was it was solid, um, and I really liked where they went. Um, so like I was like kind of middle of the road with this one most of the way, and then once they get to the woods, I thought is when it really picks up, and uh, I really really started to enjoy it more because um, there was a lot of cool stuff going on with the wood. You know, I, I just love like woods in general. Like obviously stuff like Blair Witch Project. And the ritual, which came out recently, I just love movies that are set in the woods. So once they got there, I thought it was really, um, it really picked up. And then we got into the, um, you know, kind of the crux of the story, um, where it deals with, um, you know, abortion, which I found to be really interesting. And then just kind of like dealing with her inner demons and whatnot. Um, a lot of you know good metaphors there, and that's kind of what put this one. Uh, over the top for me to uh, really, really enjoy this one um, once we got to that point. Yeah, uh, I'm with there with you guys with the CGI. Uh, it wasn't the greatest CGI for sure. Uh, I also watched the sequel, which had even worse CGI. So uh, that was definitely something that was a big negative. Uh, I personally didn't love the abortion stuff. I thought it was unneeded and just a little bit more of an agenda thing than something that I felt was really important to the story. Um, Even more so in the sequel where they explain the girl in the red dress a little bit more. Um, So yeah, it's, 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 the sequel is interesting. If you guys, was it like a child that was like aborted or something? Was it more like dealing with stuff like that? Kind of. uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Kind of, but not really. It's, it's like complicated. It's, you'd have to watch it to really understand, but they do provide an origin explanation for the girl in the red dress. And I find that the second one really kind of completes the story, uh, even though I think they had, like it, uh, Todd said, maybe three more after this. But I did enjoy the first one more, and I love the creatures in the film. I love the performances. I thought there were a few really like good scares in this, and uh, some really creepy moments. There's one in particular where it's like this creature thing on the top of a fridge, just like balled up and staring at the at the main character, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I really love this film. Like, I super super happy I saw it. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm glad. It, I, this isn't something I never would have even thought about watching. So I'm glad that uh, we decided to do this one. Yep. Uh, Three way recommended, I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, do you want to rate it, or is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can since it's a special highlighting a country. I'll give it. Uh, seven. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Seven's good. Uh, I'll give it an eight. I I really fucking love this film. So it's one of my favorite ghost films I've seen in a long time. Actually, uh, ghost films are rarely good, unfortunately, and they're my favorite genre. So it was nice to see one that I really enjoyed. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I would have figured you would find a lot of joy in you know, like I like zombies. Well, you like zombies too, but um, yeah, zombies is really close. My close second. Yeah. But zombies is the same thing. Like, 
you know, some of my favorite movies are zombie movies, including my favorite movie, but a lot of them are bad. You know, there's not yeah. a ton of great ones. And ghosts, I feel the same way. I love ghosts when they're done right, but a lot of them are bad. And that's it's finding that diamond in the rough that's it makes it like fun. And this one is definitely one of them that I'm very happy I found. Very nice. Yep. All right, I'll take over. Um, it's not going to be what watch. It's going to be watch red or what read, and it's called Shark Island by Chris Jameson. I mean, I've said it multiple times. Sharks are like my number one fear. And unfortunately, this book wasn't that good. It's a you know, it's like a four out of ten, if that. But what what's really well done about it is the gore and the fear from the sharks, because when he talks about when he gets to the meat of things, like when someone's in the water and the sharks coming for him, or just describing you know, teeth, you know, going in the flesh and yanking limbs off, things like that. It's really good. However, it's like, it's like 350 pages and there's about 20 to 25 characters mentioned and they each have a little subplot that a lot of them doesn't mean anything to the story. And you just, I felt myself skipping ahead and not missing anything. When I saw certain characters had their little side chapter, I didn't have to read it to get to what the story was, which was, um, this island has a seal problem, so the scientists like make a some kind of like um, audio thing where the seals listen to them and follow them. So they try try to get them off the island to go to another one. Problem is, there's like 30 great white sharks that show up and start going crazy, and they smash the ship up and eat everybody and eat kayakers and eat rescuers and things like that. But way too many characters, um, not enough blood. They should have trimmed down the uh, the cast there and just kept it like a small group and maybe had some kills like with you know on rescuers or other fishermen but um yeah uh, shark island by chris jameson Alrighty, uh my first watch is i mean do you guys want to get into slaver day first sure, sure. I, know, I know we all watched it uh so we'll do this one uh this one is called slaver day seven which um is a, a horror short um we had the screener sent to us by the filmmakers so uh, we appreciate um, them sending this over to us. Uh, but basically, Slaver Day 7 is a horror comedy short um, dealing with this killer um, named Maddox Mason, who is a mass killer who goes around killing people uh, that wear white after Labor Day. Uh, fun little story. Um, it's kind of shot like an E-True Hollywood story style um but yeah um overall i actually really enjoyed this one i you know sometimes we have stuff sent to us by you know indie filmmakers and stuff that you know you'll watch it and you're like uh, like even some of the shorts and stuff but the production quality on this was actually really um well done and um i thought it was i thought it was actually great i i really enjoyed this one it's only you know about 10 minutes long so it's a it was a nice easy breezy watch and uh yeah i mean obviously i got some uh like behind the mask leslie vernon vibes with this one um but yeah it, i had a lot of fun with it what'd you guys think yeah i mean it's it's super hard to make short films and the uh production value was great cinematography excellent sound mixing was all great i also like the uh the actor that played kind of like the um unsolved mystery type host his voice was like spot on for that kind of character. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the comedy didn't land for me, to be honest with you. I thought some of the one-liners were a little dry or just, you know, didn't sync well with me. But um, overall, I, I'll see part eight for sure. Yeah, I, I'm totally there with you guys. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I mean, I, I'd even say to the point where if I saw like a mask like that at a Halloween store, I'd probably buy it and put it in my collection. You know, just 
as our memory of this short because I I really enjoyed the character. I got into it. Uh, like like Todd said, some of the comedy didn't hit, but some of them did. Uh, one woman in particular where uh, a YouTuber is like telling the story and then all of a sudden goes into like, oh, don't forget, like, comment, and subscribe. You know, it's just <laughs> because that's such a YouTuber thing to do. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I didn't expect it at all. Uh, and I definitely recommend checking it out if you get a chance. It's a very, very cool little short. Yeah, and it's actually available now. Um, the full short is available on uh, YouTube. So just search uh, Slaber Day 7. I'm sure it will pop up there. Or you can follow them on their Instagram at uh, Slaber Day. And uh, yeah, thanks uh, to them. And go and support uh, some indie horror and the indie filmmakers. All right. Uh, so like I said before, my three what watch this week are going to be Stephen King related films, uh, just to keep with the theme of the week. And my very first one here, if I can find it on my list, uh, is so I this is something I've never seen before. It's 1922. You can find it on Netflix. Uh, it's a movie that stars Thomas Jane. Uh, he's the Punisher before John Birdfall did the Punisher. Uh, so it's basically a farmer's wife and kid live on this giant farm in the 1920s, and uh, there's like trouble in the relationship where the wife isn't happy being on a farm. She wants to move to the city, but Thomas Jane's character really loves his farmer life. So does his son. And the uh, farm was inherited by um, like the wife because her dad owned it before. So she decides that she doesn't want to live there anymore and wants to sell the farm. He can't afford to buy kind of his half. So him and his son plot to kill the wife and then everything that can goes wrong and it kind of follows uh, him and his son throughout all the shit that happens after the point where they kill the wife. Uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, Thomas Jane is really good in it. So is the son. It's not something I'd like watch again, probably. But uh, there are some interesting moments throughout the film. It kept me kind of, in- you know, kind of want kind of want to see what would happen next because, man, this guy goes just everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And it's really kind of a uh, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 a something I'd recommend watching. I think once, but nothing more than that. All right, Todd, you got anything else, or was that it? Uh, no, I got uh, I got one more. All right, go for it. All right, Jaws Part Four: The Revenge. My daughter turned eleven, and she wanted to watch Jaws Part Four because she's awesome. So we watched Jaws Part Four, and uh, man, you know what? This movie gets a lot of bad. It's got a bad rap because, you know, the plot is ridiculous. Um, uh, Ellen Brody, like, decides to go traveling to the Bahamas and the shark fucking follows her, no lie, um, from Amity Island all the way to the Bahamas, which is completely stupid. But the plot is um, her youngest son is killed in the beginning. It's one of the best openings of a lot of horror movies, man. It's pretty brutal. He gets his arm ripped off and he gets dragged in the ocean and, and ultimately killed. That's the youngest son from the original Jaws. Um then the older son is like some kind of, I don't know, scientist in the water. So he invites his mom to go stay with him in the Bahamas. Then the shark finds him and then they kill the shark. The plot's stupid. Um, there's a lot of bad stuff to it, but it's a fun movie. And um, what's strange about it is the ending. So there's two endings. The, the U.S. ending has uh, Miss Brody ramming the shark with like a, a broken piece of the boat and killing him. And the shark bleeds profusely. Uh, the front of the boat snaps off and we follow the shark, you know, as he, as he sinks in the ocean. 
However, a lot of the cuts have the European cut on it, which is for no reason they ran the shark and he explodes and they use the original from the first movie, him exploding. They mix that and cut a lot of um, Chief Brody saying smiley son of a bitch into that, which is 100% dumb. And I read that like a lot of audiences were confused because it didn't make sense, obviously. Um, so there's like two different cuts. The American cut is a lot better, which is usually the opposite. And then, of course, whenever I watch a movie that's old, I like to look at IMDb. And I found some sad news. Um, there's a little girl in there that's uh, five years old. And she plays um, the oldest Brody or the old. Yeah, the oldest son's daughter. And she was actually killed in real life at the age of 10 by her own father. Um, he ended up killing her and the mother and then setting the house on fire. So like a tragic end to her. Uh, she's also the voice from All Dogs Go to Heaven, the little girl in that. So you, everyone's seen that movie. So, you know, sad freaking story when I'm just trying to read up on trivia where the actors are now and then that turns up. So that always sucks. But Josh 4, it's bad, but it's it's good at the same time. Mm. All right. Uh, my next watch is uh, first time watch, actually, which might surprise some people, but it's from 1986. And that is Chopping Mall. Uh, Chopping Mall is about, uh, you know, these group of like, you know, young teenagers, they're all, uh, you know, hanging out at the mall after hours because they all work there. So they're just like partying. And uh, there's these security robots um, that uh, basically a lightning strike happens and, you know, kind of short circuits them. And they uh, they basically turn into these like killer robots roaming the malls uh you know attack going after these kids uh, i had an absolute fucking blast with this movie i i absolutely loved it uh it's just super cheesy but just so much fun um and it's one that i would definitely add you know to my library and one that i would definitely rewatch. uh yeah i really love this one yeah i love that one fun fact that used to be bruce campbell's most hated horror film for whatever reason Really? <laughs> yeah, you, back when he had a website, like in 2000, like when I'm stupid, you know, when you're a teenager looking at websites, um, they asked him what his favorite hor- or worst horror movie was, and he said Chopping Mall. So. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised. He usually, I feel like he'd be into the cheese. Yeah, he's been in worse himself. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you actually see uh, Chopping Mall on Shudder and Tubi, if everyone's interested in watching it. Yeah, I watched um, it on Tubi. On Tubi, yeah. Yep. Real, real quick, for the collectors, there's a Vestron video special edition Blu-ray of it. That's really good, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, my second one, also a Stephen King story. Uh, this was a first-time watch for me. I watched it on Amazon Prime, but it's also on Tubi, and that's Riding the Bullet. So this is the story of a guy whose mom uh, has a stroke, and he has to find his way back to her but he doesn't have his car because his friends are going to see the Beatles in Toronto or something. So he has to hitchhike his way to uh, his uh, hometown so he can be with his mom before she passes away. And uh, so this is a really interesting concept. Uh, I like the guy who plays kind of the guy who has to go see his mom, but the movie has a ton of like family guy style cutaways where he would go through a situation and he would imagine what the situation would lead up to, but it wouldn't actually happen. So it'd go back to like the beginning. 
And they use that a lot throughout this film to the point where by the end of it, I was kind of tired of seeing it. Uh, for example, he goes to the hot, when he gets to the hospital, uh, you know, it's, it goes, he goes in and the doctor's like, I'm sorry, your mom passed away. And then he freaks out and then it goes back to him at the hospital again. And then something else happens where like these killers come in and it goes back and it's like a constant false scene. And I don't know, I didn't love that, unfortunately. So I wouldn't super recommend this, this movie, but it was interesting enough. So maybe check it out, but not one of my favorites for sure. I remember really, really liking that movie, but I don't remember any of that stuff. So I need to revisit. Yeah, and it's, which, it's also got David Arquette, actually, riding which, the bullet. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that one. Yeah, David Arquette is in it as well, in a really weird role. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird movie. Uh, the Cutaways just was, was just too much for me. That's really my main issue, and they use it so much that it's a big issue. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're all done, right, Todd? Yeah, I just watched the uh, 90s Street Fighter with... Um... Van Damme, and it's <laughs> it's uh, just as bad as I remembered, but hella fun. <laughs> All right. Well, my last one is for you, Todd. I know you've always talked up this movie quite a lot, so uh, I finally decided to sit down and watch it, and that is Dog Soldiers from, what is that, 2000? 2000. 2000, 2000 2002. Looking it up nice. right now. Uh, yeah, but basically, uh, this movie is about a group of, uh, you know, British soldiers that are on a, a mission, and basically they encounter a pack of werewolves, essentially, that they have to try to survive against in this house. Um, I Yeah, this movie was actually uh, really, really fun. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be so low budget, though. Um not to say it like really makes much of a difference, but I just thought the production value is a little low on this one, but it's still a really fun movie. Cause the, I mean, you could tell what they spent the budget on and that is the werewolves. Cause the werewolves look fucking awesome in this movie. Um, there's just, this movie's pretty action packed too. There's a lot of awesome, uh, scenes and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. So I definitely would recommend it, especially if you're into, uh, the werewolf genre. I'm glad you liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my final one is one I had seen, but it's been a really long time since I'd seen it, so I was interested to revisit it, and that's Pet Cemetery Part 2. Um, so story is about Edward Furlong, who uh, moves into the same town as uh, the first Pet Cemetery, and uh, he like gets bullied, and a bunch of stuff happens where one of his friends' dogs passed away, so they put him, bring him to the pet cemetery, and then that gives him the idea to bring other things and people to the pet cemetery, and a bunch of stuff ensues. And it's pretty much kind of the same story as the first one, where obviously when they come out of the pet cemetery, they become kind of crazy versions of themselves. Uh, it's a decent sequel, you know, as far as sequels go. Uh, it's a really like surprisingly star-studded film. Uh, when you watch it now, I don't know if they were all stars back then, but now that you watch it, uh, there's some interesting characters. You have Anthony Daniels as the dad, Edward Furlong, and my absolute favorite in this movie by far, uh, Clancy Brown, who's known mostly for being uh, Hadley, uh, the main guard in the Shawshank Redemption. He plays uh, the stepdad, 
of one of the characters and he is one of the people who are, who's buried and he's absolutely just batshit crazy when he comes back from the pet cemetery and it's such an interesting role his performance is fantastic uh i would say that the last 20 minutes of this film is so good that for that reason alone it's worth watching but the other hour 10 20 minutes is not the greatest it's a little bit of a slow burn but uh overall i'd recommend it as far as sequels go this is one of the better ones and i'm really happy that i got to revisit it maybe i don't know 15 20 years after i saw it originally yeah i agree with you i've always really liked pet cemetery too it gets like a really bad rap i guess just because the first one is like so iconic and stuff but yeah i I don't know i i this one just hits the right uh notes for me i've always loved it screen factor just put out a nice blu-ray of it too Mm -hmm. yeah i met edward and i i met edward for a long last year and i had him sign a pet cemetery 2 poster Nice. Oh, really? Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. There's also one little other thing I want to talk about. Um, I watched something else. It's 28 seconds long, so I'll make you listen to it too. And that's Deadly Grounds Coffee Ad. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, you guys ready to talk some horror news? Let's do it. All righty. Uh, first bit of news uh, coming up tonight is, what if I told you... Dario Gento is making a new movie, and scoring that movie would be none other than Daft Punk. Yes, that is correct. Uh, Daft Punk has officially been brought on to score Dario Argento's newest uh, giallo film titled Black Glasses. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting, uh, you know, uh, co- combination. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. Uh, All right, next bit of news here is, let's get into a big, big one here, and that is Hellraiser is coming back, folks, on TV. Yes, Um, the HBO has greenlit a series um, with Halloween director, Halloween 2008 director David Gordon Green set to direct, and also very excitingly, Michael Doherty will be writing the pilot, at least, and I've heard he has signed on to write more um but of course michael doherty from trick-or-treat fame krampus godzilla king of monsters um nothing really else um as far as details other than it will not be connected at all to the uh remake movie that will be coming out it is going to be a completely uh separate entity but uh i don't know about you guys but i know todd's not big on the hellraiser franchise i i like the first two after that i definitely think it does start to go downhill but i think uh HBO puts out great stuff, so I think if anyone can do um, a TV series on Hellraiser, I, I'm glad it's going to HBO. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like. I think it could be a good show. Uh, I can see how Hellraiser would be cool to see, kind of a week to week. 
episodic show, and I think it'd be uh, really good. And I'm happy it's HBO because HBO you can do pretty much whatever the fuck you want. So yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be awesome. Although it's weird that like these things always come. You know, the uh, Child's Play had the same thing where they were like going to release a movie and a TV show at the same time, and a few things are doing that these days. I don't know why franchises all of a sudden get. I don't know if it's a rights issue that they suddenly become available or what it is, but it's it's weird. But I am excited about this, both this and uh, the remake in theaters, hopefully. Cool. Alrighty. All right. Uh, next bit of news here is um, for those of you with Shudder, um, they just surprise released a new zombie horror film called Blood Quantum. So for those of you with Shudder, go and check it out. I don't know. Have either of you guys checked this one out yet? No. 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 All right. Well, hey, maybe something for us to review uh, in the in the future here. Um, but yeah, I uh, haven't heard much about it, but. Yeah, check it out. Blood Quantum, now surprisingly released on Shudder. All right, uh, another big bit of news here um, is uh, for Shudder fans. Uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, of course, um, premiered last week. And uh, have you been watching it, Todd? I know you're a big fan of that. No, I, I forgot. Okay. Well, just to let you guys know, the next episode they have announced uh, Tom Savini will be guest uh starring on it so for you savini fans definitely are going to want to tune in actually i think that will be on tonight's episode if you're listening to this when the episode premieres um so go and check that out um another big piece of news here got a couple of big pieces of news that came out this week guys um is goosebumps is going to be returning for a live action tv series of course the original goosebumps premiered you know 25 years ago on television and now they will be um bringing it back um uh so a little bit of news here uh so no uh details for um the series but they said they expect it to be a high-end television series that speaks to both adults and kids alike um me personally i'm really excited about this um i've always loved goosebumps have a huge nostalgia for it um loved the original uh, Canadian television series, and uh, yeah, I'm excited uh, for this one. I, I like the movies as well. Yeah, I mean, we we still watch that in our house, so I'm I'm pumped to see some new ones. Yeah, definitely. Did you watch the? Uh, actually, that was I afraid of the dark. Did you watch that with your kids, Todd? Because if you haven't, you should definitely watch that. The one they did on Nickelodeon. Mm, no, I didn't. You should. I think you you and your kids would enjoy that because me and Sam watched it uh, and it was really good. It's it's like a little mini. It's only I think two or three episodes, but it was great. It had uh, the kid who played Ben from uh, it in it, and uh, yeah, it was good. I'm about to find it online then. All right. All right. Well, what if I told you guys? I mean, I'm sure this is a dream scenario for all three of us, but what if I told you for ten for just ten dollars? You have a chance to get eaten by a dinosaur on screen in Jurassic World Dominion. Does that That's sound good to you? That sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> a, a chance? <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Yes, a chance. Because um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so they are doing a sweepstakes, um, you know, for charity right now. You know, with all of the the COVID nineteen coronavirus stuff. Uh, so they for just ten dollars you can enter for a ten dollar nation gets you ten entries into this um, drawing where of course the grand prize is getting eaten 
by a dinosaur on screen. If you would like to just do it without the chance for sweepstakes, they are also running an auction, which currently the high bid is $36,000. <laughs> so if you have some, uh, if you got, if, if you got some big money, uh, you could do that or you can um, do uh, the donation. Um, just go to, you know, Jurassic World Dominion's social media pages and uh, they have all the details on there. But how fucking cool would that be to get eaten, to like awesome. get eaten by a dinosaur on screen? That's <laughs> and you, awesome. Like that's like, you could just talk about, like that's the coolest story you could have for the rest of your life. So, you know what? I might throw 10 bucks in and just, you know, for the hell of it. Because <laughs> uh, you never I'm thinking, know. I'm thinking about it too. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Maybe they'll wait, let you wear any shirt. We can have, like, be wearing a Horror Squad podcast t-shirt while we're getting eaten or something like that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next bit of news here uh, is a very big bit of news here. I know Steve uh, wanted to get into this. Um, but uh, the so basically what happened here was uh, AMC has come out and said they will no longer screen universal films uh in their theaters um due to uh universal's uh ceo coming out and um talking about the uh big success they had with trolls world tour when they released it on uh vod platforms saying that uh he could see them doing that um going forward with you know basically all if you know, some, if not all, of Universal movies with, uh, you know, of course, the, the $20 price tag there, the, the premium price tag here. So in response, AMC's CEO came out and said, well, you know, you know, that's, you know, disrespectful to us. And, you know, we've, you know, always stood by you and to do this, you know, it, you know, they felt kind of slighted. A little bitch, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he felt screwed, slighted. So kind of. my feelings. You know, yeah, you you know, well, I'll show you. He came out Stupid. and said, well, you know, if you're going to do that, we're no longer going to play your movies, which is a big blow to horror fans as well because, you know, you got Halloween Kills coming out later this year. You got Candyman. And a lot of horror fans probably only have AMC theaters that they can drive to. Um, so, yeah, this could be um, a big developing story here. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think, Steve? Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> First of all, I think that AMC is going to, like, essentially receive, like, they, they're not going to end up doing this, especially if something like Jurassic Park comes out or um, Fast and the Furious or Halloween. Uh, these are big money makers. And to see other theaters get that profit, they're, they're going to definitely, they're, they're just something in their chest, like, fear style. Uh, but they're not actually going to end up doing anything, I think. But if they did, end up doing it this could change the theater industry forever uh if we're if universal's like okay we're gonna put movies out in the theater regularly but also release on vod but like for 25 bucks or something uh that's an option that i'd be thrilled with especially with horror films because as cool as it is to see in the theater often not having fucking teenagers in my ear kind of ruining the movie is an option i'd probably go into for most films so it's, it's interesting. This is definitely an interesting development, but overall, I think this will just be a moot point, and by the time theaters reopen, they'll have settled their differences. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think Universal's thinking it through, though. That's Universal, right? That's said this? Yes. 
Yeah. I don't think they're thinking it through because well, a- 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 AMC's the one that said though they're not going to be showing Universal movies. Right, but Universal said that they're going to do the streaming. Yes. But uh, so here, here's the thing: I think they're not thinking about is Trolls World Tour was bought predominantly by you know middle-aged moms, you know, and though that demographic is not going to stream things illegally. So if you're putting Halloween out to this same thing, there's going to be a lot more illegal streams, like you know, like Game of Thrones, shit like that. That was legally streamed constantly, so they're not going to make 100 million in a week like they did on this because the, the moms aren't you know hunting down streams and shit like that. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just it's stupid all around. However, AMC is the most expensive theater in my neck of the woods, so if they didn't show it, it doesn't affect me at all. Um, theaters need to get their shit together and stop charging such high prices for everything, and then maybe people will come back to the theater. But I'm I'm all for home streaming. Let's just do this because I like Steve said I hate fucking people ruining things, especially something like um, A Quiet Place Two coming out. That would be ruined instantly if someone was being an asshole. Definitely. So you know, bring it on. Like they need to, you know, do what the consumer wants. And I'll still go to theaters for certain movies. You know, like Star Wars or Jurassic World, things like that. But I'm definitely gonna stick at home and watch Halloween. I'm if that's an option, I'm staying home. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, there's certain movies that benefit from a theater watch like godzilla king of monsters which we did like last year and stuff like that like i just don't feel like it would have the same impact at home but yeah like as far as like some of these horror movies i i don't think I, it is cool though seeing michael myers on the big screen like going in 2018 even though i had you know mixed feelings about the movie being able to go to the theater and seeing a new Halloween movie, I thought was pr- a pretty awesome experience. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that, um, they come to some sort of resol- resolution. You know, another thing that bothers me real quick is when you hear like famous directors or producers or, you know, big wig people from movie industry where they say like, you know, our, our movies are meant to be played in the theaters. That's all well and good. However, they don't experience the same theater we do. They're at like a closed theater with their cronies. Everyone shuts their mouth. Probably, it's not like the regular movie-going experience. So they have this like false like picture in their mind that you know every movie theater Steven Spielberg goes to in his world is the same that we experience. And it's just not. So that's a, another little pet peeve I got from these guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big, big story and, uh, we'll keep you guys updated if, uh, there's any new, uh, developments. All right. Next bit of news here is, uh, one, I wanted to give a shout out to, um, our good, um, friend, Damien Maffei, who of course has been on the show a couple of times, uh, starred in the strangers pray at night and haunt. Um, he has a, uh, new movie coming out. Um, and he shared the poster, um, for it with us um recently and it's now um been officially announced um bloody disgusting got the exclusive for this um looks like a really really fun slasher movie um the name of the movie is called times up um currently it's slated to begin um filming in january of 2021 but uh it is a new uh basically it's a movie set on new year's eve um, where a group of teachers at an idyllic main high school find themselves stalked by an assailant bent on revealing their darkest secrets. Um, by midnight, heads will roll. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like um, the poster for this was fucking amazing. Um, and if the poster, if the movie's anything as good as any 
close to as good as this booster, uh, I'm really excited for it. So, uh, and I'm sure we will be talking to Damien again uh, in the future, maybe for this movie, or he's also going to be in the new Wrong Turn movie. So, uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up for him. So, congrats to him. Uh, so speaking of him, uh, one of his movies coming out in like two weeks, so I'm, I'm actually super psyched about. And it's a nun's curse, so uh, super super excited to see him in this one. And actually, the nun is played by Lisa Rose, so. That's the 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 horror nun films are like one of my new favorite subgenres. So I'm super psyched about it. All right, cool. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, also wanted to throw this out there real quick. Today is actually the ten the official ten year anniversary for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, if you guys want to hear our thoughts on it, we just did an episode a couple of months ago, so you can go back and uh, find it in our back catalog. But we had a pretty interesting discussion on it, and I think um, some people might actually be surprised what we had to say about it going back uh, 10 years later and revisiting it. So, yeah. Uh, All right, next bit of news here. I wanted to throw in some Stephen King news, obviously, um, with this being um, a big night for Stephen King. Um, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Have either of you guys read this one? No, but it's in my shopping cart. Okay, well, um, I know, is it, was it you, Steve, that was talking about I am not okay with this? Yep, absolutely adore it, and everyone should go watch it. Okay, well, you maybe will be excited for this then, Steve, because the co-creator is going to be adapting The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon into a full-length movie. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's all I got for that. <laughs> uh, all right, last bit of news for tonight is um, I really put this out here on here for Sam because I knew she would be super excited about this one because um, she's a big fan of all of these actors. Um, but Florence Pugh, Shia LaBeouf, and Chris Pine are all going to be starring in a new horror movie directed by miss olivia wilde uh the movie is going to be called uh don't worry darling um which is going to be a psychological thriller about a 1950s housewife whose reality begins to crack revealing a disturbing truth underneath so uh yeah i mean it's good good cast i, I love Florence Pugh, obviously from midsummer fame and uh, Shia LaBeouf, who's done a bunch of stuff, and Chris Pine from uh, Star Trek fame, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, yeah, sounds like it could be pretty interesting, and Olivia Wilde directing, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that is all I got for hard news this week. Not really horror, but I'm, you guys have sne- uh, seen Snowpiercer, right? I have, yeah. Yes. See the, we got a, we got the TV show coming out, which I'm super excited for. Really? I did... May 16th, I believe. What's that going to be on? Do we know? Uh, TBS or USA, something like that. But check out the trailer. It's got Jennifer Connelly. Ooh, okay. It's going to be like the same idea with them being on the train and stuff? or. Yep, same exact thing. So I guess, you know, it doesn't pick off where the movie left off because that movie, you know, had them crashing. But no, it's like pretty early on, I imagine, in the story. Okay, cool. So I'll, yeah, I'll definitely be checking out. Part. Yeah, same director who did... Um, Passant, oh, right? Uh, no, uh, I think, Ooh, I could be wrong, but I want to say it's the same director. Parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Yeah, it is for sure. 
Let me see that one still. Yes, it's coming out to uh, Prime or Shutter or one of them at the end of May. Oh, I, think cool. it's, I think it's Prime. And I just saw actually today that uh, The Lodge is going to be going on to Hulu next month as well. So for those of you with Hulu. Nice. Uh, and one doing? last thing while we're uh, we're talking about Florence Pugh, uh, just keeping a little track on the A24 auctions. So yeah. Her, her, her dress is currently a $30,000 bid. So uh, if you listen to the last episode, they're doing a, uh, an auction for stuff uh, from all the different A24 films. The most mm-hmm. affordable, like decent item from uh, Midsommar is the bare headdress is only 4000 right now. It'll go off. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, and that the uh, the crown is only eight thousand. So there's there's some decent items. Yeah. Uh, in there, I, so. I was at, I was actually looking at the uh, tunic uh, that the kid wears there, the prophet kid who's like all disformed. Uh, that was at that was at twenty five hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Did you drop that much money on it? Ah, uh, no, not for that item. I wouldn't. So I would drop like, I would drop some big money for like the crown or the finishing mallet. Or even the bare headdress, but like not like the tunic. I wouldn't well, drop. I'd but I'd drop like a grand on the tunic, but like I would legit have, like I, I would pro like probably have spent like five grand on any of the others, geez, which they're obviously dude. over now. <laughs> but so, hey, maybe if the bare headdress stays there at four, I'll put a bid in. <laughs> we'll put a bid in right now, man. <laughs> I was like, I do want yeah. to just put a bid, bid in to say I was at one time the high bidder for something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. And then if you win by accident, then you got some explaining to do. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, light, the lighthouse auction goes up um, in a couple of weeks as well. They're going to have the light, the actual light from the lighthouse and the mermaid and a couple other items. So. I'm interested to see what those go for. I'm interested to see what those go for. Which I actually just rewatched it um, on uh, Monday or Sunday night. I can't remember when, but it. I think it still holds up really well. I enjoyed it just as much on a second watch. I, I wish they were auctioning off like the spoon, you know, like small stuff like that. I totally hop on <laughs> little things. Right. Yeah. Like a nail I mean, you never know. Keep keep an eye on that website. Steve um, sent us. They might, yeah. you know, stuff might pop up in there every once in a while i remember when i was young and a lot stupider i, I bought like a, a matchbook that was used in i think resident evil apocalypse <laughs> nice <laughs> oh man yeah i would love something from like the blair witch project like a something screen used or something i i had an opportunity to buy i had an opportunity to buy something from blair witch the one the remake essentially that came out like back in 2000 good movie yeah it wasn't bad definitely wasn't bad um i could have bought some like items from there and i passed on it i kind of wish i did buy him but oh well <laughs> yeah my biggest regret ever is i had an opportunity to buy the um the tracker that um heather graham puts in fat bastard's ass in powers <laughs> 2 and someone offered it to me for 400 dollars, and i oh. should have fucking purchased it jeez but I just didn't, and I regret it to this day. Like, I think about it all the time. Pretty iconic. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, it, it, it's just like that would have been the coolest, like, just entry piece when you come into the house. You know, like, yeah. So, I was watching uh, Pawn Stars actually, and they had um, the opportunity to buy the uh, 
the cryogenic like thing he's frozen in at the beginning of the movie. But it was like oh, all nice. Yeah, it was pretty beat up. Yeah. They had some haunted mansion stuff from the ride that they were trying to sell in Pawn Stars. Oh, uh, cool. Steve when that came on. Yeah. Yeah, they had um they have had, they have had some horror stuff on there. They had a uh, Chucky good guy doll on there, like a screen used one before. Um, and I can't remember if they bought it or not, but they have also, uh, did you see the one they had, a uh, Hans, um, blaster from star Wars? No way. Dang. They wanted over a million yeah. dollars. They wanted over a million dollars for it. I don't think that would sell at an auction for a million. I don't know, man. It's pretty, pretty iconic and star Wars fans are nuts. Yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. See, like I buy like the button off Hans shirt. Oh man. Um, I think it's trivia time. Yes, sir. Yes. My reign of terror. Mm-hmm. Right. Steve, Steve, you're gonna have to. Um, I think I put in the right scores from last time, so hopefully you uh, <laughs> you you can keep me uh, in check here if I'm wrong. But currently, I have um Sam still in last place with uh nine points. I have Joe. Myself currently with 13 points in third place. Steve with 18 points in second place. And current leader, Todd, with 22 points. Sounds Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to lead off and shout out to a new listener to me. She reached out to me, Weezerface. She gave me a couple of um, trivia questions. So thank you. Send them in. We always like to have you know people send in questions. My first one is, how often does the creeper get to eat in Jeepers Creepers? Twenty-seven years. Incorrect. Shit. God, I haven't seen creeper. Uh, let's go with twenty-four. Oh, incorrect. <laughs> the answer is. 23. 23 yeah. Oh my god. For, <laughs> I knew for it. 23 days. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Damn it. So All right. Close. I'll go next. Mine are all Stephen King themed tonight for our man Stephen King, which I'm I wouldn't be surprised if Steve did the same thing. <laughs> nope. But uh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. So um, Steve's probably really excited then because I know he's the big Stephen King buff <laughs> out of the three of us. So. All right, Stephen King has written many famous novels under this pen name. Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman, yeah. Oh, uh, Todd, Todd got it first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, boy. He had he had another one too, but I forget what his other one name was. And his son is like under a permanent one, right? Joe Hill. Yeah, is that isn't that's not like his real name, right? No, because uh, his mother's Tabitha King. So. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. In Interview with a Vampire, who was originally slated to play the interviewer? Oh, well, we, it was Christian Slater. Yeah, the that's final who actually project. Yeah, mm-hmm. just thinking out loud here. Let's see, Christian Slater did it. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. No. Probably too young, man. 90s, right? Um, Johnny Depp. Okay, uh, I, won't, I won't guess again. <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise before he took Lestat. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah. uh, it's actually River Phoenix. 
um, who passed away right before filming, so they switched it to Christian Slater. Interesting. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. All right, back to me here. Um, it's another one from Weezerface. This one was dedicated to Sam, so she <laughs> misses out on this one. All right, so name two rules in 2007's horror anthology, Trick or Treat. Always check your candy. And... That's incorrect, Joe. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, you can still, you still try. <laughs> uh, put out a pumpkin. Uh, that's incorrect as well. Oh, really? You guys are super close, though. To one this of them. Is... Well, both of you are super close in your guesses. Hmm. Are we wrong now? Or is that... No, no, no. You can keep trying. Keep trying. Uh, don't put away your Halloween decorations before the next day. That's incorrect. Really? <laughs> I, I thought he got. That's why she got killed because she. Uh, no, I'll tell you he what want, she did. He, he, he wanted to watch a porno. <laughs> like, well, he was watching porno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just give them to us. All right. So always give candy to trick or treaters. Uh, okay. Always wear a costume. And then she got in trouble because she extinguished the flame of the jack lantern before midnight. Um, yeah. And then respect was, the dead. That was close. You guys were mm-hmm. scratching at the door. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh, well. I'm pretty sure my autograph from Quinn Lord says always check your candy, though. So. Well, Google it. I think he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> should tear it up and send it to him. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, my next one. Uh, Stephen King from in the '80s, of course, was uh, heavily addicted to Cocaine. alcohol. <laughs> no, <laughs> he was heavily addicted to the alcohol and drugs. And in an interview, he acknowledged he barely remembers writing this novel. The Shining. Nope. Oh my God. Uh, let's go with. It's too late. In the 80s. It? Incorrect. The correct answer is Cujo. Hmm. I would never have got that. No, me either. That's not where I... <laughs> I was thinking some, like, a crazy character. Imagine you being kinda... so fucked up, though, you write, like, such an iconic a novel. A bestseller? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard the story of like on Creep Show where he was like so fucked up that they couldn't find him anywhere, and they uh he was like on the highway in his walking on the highway like in his underwear. They, that's how they found him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a nut. Yeah, and and another uh, Creep Show story. Uh, he you know um Joe Hill played in Creep Show, right? He was the kid. Yep. And he brought him back uh, home at the end of filming. And they decided to stop at McDonald's, and Joe Hill still had like, uh, like beat up makeup on, <laughs> and they called the cops on him when he went through the drive-through. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so this one is Stephen King related. In Pet Cemetery Two, what is Edward Furlong's character dressed up as for Halloween? Uh, Vampire. Uh... No, the other kid's a vampire. Uh, Furlong yep. is Frankenstein? No. Frankenstein's monster and shit? No, I can't remember. Uh, so he's actually Jason Voorhees. Oh. Oh, nice. 
The way you talked about it made me really want to watch it again. Yeah, no, it's definitely so, worth watching. And it's on TV. So. Oh, is it? Okay. Might grab that Scream Factory, though, because I'm... they're so expensive. Hmm. All right. John Stockwell, star of Christine, directed what 2006 horror film? Huh. I did not know that. Is this the guy that played Arnie? Uh, no, it was the other dude that was in um, Top Gun. Oh, okay. Okay. The friend. Yeah, the nice one. Uh, what mo- What year? Uh, 90, uh, 2007. 2006, my bad. I don't know. I'll say, like, something right. Like, Final Destination 3. That's a good guess, but that is incorrect. Give me a hint. Uh, <laughs> it, okay, I'll give you guys both hands. See if you can has another opportunity. Um, it came on the heels of torture porn, so there's a lot of that in this plot, and it's Hostile. kind of Hostile no, too. No, that was Eli Roth. Did um, he do both? I yeah, he I did, did both. Oh. Um, and it's kind of foreign, but it's in English. Christ. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That would be Teristas. Oh, I've no. actually, you know what? That's so funny. Sam was talking about this movie. I've actually never seen this, seen it, but she said it was pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, he oh. also directed like Into the Blue, that Jessica Alba surfing movie. Okay. A um, bunch of other stuff, like direct to video things and stuff like that. Nice. Yep. All right. My turn. Yep. Yep. All right. What was Stephen King's first published novel? Uh, Rage. Was, uh, nope. Oh, it's it not? Was, no, it was uh, Firestarter. Or Carrie. Sorry. Oh, oh Carrie. he said Firestarter. <laughs> no, it's Carrie. Sorry. Carrie. It, was, it was Carrie from 19, in 1974. Oh, what about Rage, Steve? No, that was his band book. It was oh, in Darn. I thought yeah, I had that it, one. No. Yeah, and he actually, uh, a story he told when I saw him in uh, Boston is uh, he didn't like Carrie, so he actually threw the book out in the garbage, thinking <laughs> that it was it was terrible. His wife, while picking out the garbage, saw the book, read it, and gave it back to him and said, finish this book, I'll, t- I'll tell you how to finish it. Nice. Because he didn't understand high school culture enough, apparently, uh, especially like girls' high school culture, so she helped him a lot, and they ended up publishing it. Interesting. Good how thing old? she did. I'm trying to think, of how old was he, like when he wrote Carrie? Um, do we know how when he was uh, born? Let's see. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. Why are you searching that up? Stephen King also wrote like a Game of Thrones sequel just for fun. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, for Game of Thrones fans of the books, uh, Martin has yet to finish the series, and it's been like. I think like 12 years now since the last one. And uh, Stephen King just wrote one up for shits and giggles, read it, and then burned it in a fireplace. <laughs> wow. Uh, he's 27. 27. Ooh, I thought he would have been younger. All right. Uh, my last one is actually for Sam, so I'm going to hold it and just ask a, an audible question here. Uh, there are two possible answers. You only have to get one of them. What was the original title of Salem's Lot? Jerusalem's Lot. That's correct. Yes, boy. Yeah, which they mentioned right. in the movie. Yeah. All right. All right, that's it for trivia then tonight. Uh, currently, Sam remains in last place with nine points. Uh, Joe with 13 points. 
Steve gets a couple tonight to go up to 19 points. And Todd at 24 points. What am I going to buy next year? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hit that that, uh, full moon cell again. Ooh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Regardless if I win or not, I'm definitely getting six shooter next year for half off yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you need them. Yeah. But which ones do you have now? I only have blade. Mm, nice. Okay. Yeah, Joe's got like four of them. Yeah, yeah, I got four, four of the full ones. Uh, I got blade, six shooter, pinhead, and leech woman, and I'd probably go for tunneler next. Yeah, cool. tunneler. Tunneler, tunneler, jester. Does Jester's mouth move though? I don't think so. I, I don't even think his like head spins around. Uh, that'd like, be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> that'd be a lot more money though, probably. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, do you guys want to rate our top five uh, Stephen King horror films? No. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I- I say we start at number five and we each just take a turn and then go down to number one. Yeah. All right. Number five for me is Dr. Sleep. This last one that came out last year. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. Shit, that's a good one. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, so, you know, actually, I probably would have put it in here if I had <laughs> it out. <laughs> but I'll stick with my original uh, list I had. All right. At number five, I have Carrie. Uh, yeah. Love it. Great movie. I had almost made my list. Uh, my number five is Pet Cemetery, the original. Definitely not the remake. What about, did, um, did King write Pet Cemetery Part Two, or is it just strictly no. to the movie sequel? I think it's strictly, uh, it's, yeah, just. Yeah, I, I think it was straight to. Yeah, I don't okay. think he wrote a book or anything. No, he didn't. I definitely didn't write a book. All right, coming in number four, which the book is insanely good. Movie's good as well, but Misery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my number four is Steve's number five, Pet Cemetery. Uh, not the new one. <laughs> the original Pet Cemetery movie. Uh, yeah, just a great movie. It terrified me as a kid, especially Zelda. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, and actually my number four was Todd's. Uh, uh, it's Misery. Love nice. It. It's a great film. You read? Have you read it, Steve? No, that's not one of the ones I read. Oh man, I, you got to grab that one. It's a really short read too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number three is the entire It series, the remix, the original show. Um, they're both really good in their own regard. I mean, I didn't really like the, the last It Part 2 as much as the first one, but the entire series is awesome. I have very very vivid memories of watching the first It, and it made me second-guess freaking sewers um, for you know for years after that. So extremely effective. Tim Curry's amazing. Uh, so It. Nice. Uh, my number three, you heard it a couple times already, is Misery. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kathy Bates' performance in this is just unbelievable. That hobbling scene will be just burned into my brain for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, I mean, and James Conn is, is fantastic in it. So just, yeah, great stuff all around. Uh, my number three um, is actually probably more nostalgia than actually being that great. Uh, and that's The Stand. I uh, watched it a lot as a kid, and I just absolutely adore this six-hour beast of, of a miniseries. 
I'll get to it at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried, folks. I, had to I go, tried. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, took, took, I had to sit for three and a half hours to watch Salem's Lot tonight. So. Jeez. <laughs> that was an undertaking. It, it was. <laughs> uh, my number two is a movie we're going to talk about shortly. Christine. Absolutely love the movie. Um, one of my favorite John Carpenter films as well. The book is on my to read pile, so I haven't read that yet, but Christine is just, just awesome in my opinion. Uh, my number two is it. The new movies and the miniseries, I loved all of it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's really tough to decide what I liked better, but just I don't know. As far as like when I think of it, the first thing I'll always pop in my head is Tim Curry. Yeah. Tim Curry's portrayal is Pennywise, so that's kind of what I go with. But I mean, both good adaptations in their own right, and uh, yeah, just great stuff and just a great coming of age story. Um, you know, for the first part. And then I, yeah, I've always enjoyed the second part of them as, as adults too, but ju- just that those first parts of them with the kids is what sticks out in my head. And for me, uh, number two is also it. Um, I, I really like the remakes, both of them. And I like the first half of the uh, original. I do not like the second half of the original, but uh, yeah, just a great series, a great film. And one that I, you know, like to watch uh, once in a while and great characters. I mean, both, Pennywise's were awesome. I prefer Curry, but still, uh, yeah, awesome film. All right, number one is one of my top horror movies of all time, The Shining. You know, I know Stephen King doesn't like it for, you know, the the book and the movie are a lot different. I prefer Kubrick's over King's original um, vision. Uh, but yeah, The Shining, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And the number one for me is my favorite horror movie of all time, and that is The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, that's always, every time someone asks what my favorite horror movie is, that's just always my go-to answer at this point. It's just so atmospheric, so haunting, amazing performances. I mean, there's just nothing I really dislike about the movie to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm going to disagree with Stephen King on this one. I, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's brilliant and uh, yeah. And my favorite, Salem's Lot. Ooh. Uh, no, no, not Ooh. really. It's a, it's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, like, come on. The Shining's one of my favorite horror films of all time as well. So it really had no competition. And I, I'd lump in uh, Dr. Sleep in this one. I mean, if we're lumping in it, we're lumping sure. in Dr. Sleep. Uh, both were absolutely fantastic. But, of course, the original Shining uh, scared the shit out of me as a kid with the, with the Grady twins. And it's a movie that every time I watch, I notice something new and I appreciate it more. It's weird. It's like I, I can never get enough of this movie. So an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. It's just, everything about it's just good, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. love Kubrick films yeah. all, all around. And this one is just like an absolute masterpiece. A rare 10 for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we should <laughs> we should think about doing the mini series at some point just for fun. <laughs> I tried watching it on YouTube, I, man. I haven't I haven't I haven't watched it since it originally aired on television. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I even have it on DVD. We should, yeah, we should do it at some point. <laughs> oh boy. We should we could do a double feature of like the both of them or something. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. <laughs> could be could be a good compare and contrast episode or something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. No, go for it. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I think that, that'd be a movie that we should review. There's a lot to talk about The Shining, even though we've seen it a million times. Uh, and also, uh, I love... For, have you seen... 
Oh my uh, Ready Player One Joe yet? Uh no. I oh haven't. fuck. You really yeah, you have. <laughs> have I no, I haven't. You've seen the shining bit in there? I saw the bit. I I, uh-huh. I, find, I I haven't seen the whole movie, but I did YouTube it finally. <laughs> um what was I gonna say though? Um Oh, what's one movie that like just missed out on your list? Cause I I compiled my list and there was a couple I wanted to throw on there, but it was it was tough. Carrie was at six for me. Carrie, yeah. I had Creepshow yeah, at six. Carrie's a big one. Yeah, Creepshow is like another one that was really just barely. Creepshow, yeah. Carrie were def- was that definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Love them. Yeah. And one that was really close on my list is Christine. So maybe we, let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> I one thing about your list, Joe. I thought you would have put Silver Bullet in there for sure. You know, yeah. So it was weird. Yeah, I had it on my. So like, I wrote down ten movies, and Silver Bullet was on there. But just the the five I have are just, I, I don't know. They're just like definitive. Like when I looked at the, that five, I was like, these are the five best Stephen King movies to me. But I, I do enjoy Silver Bullet too. Absolutely. I also had uh, 1408 and Thinner as well. I had on my list in my top ten. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, uh, which uh, student, like non-horror Stephen King films do you think are the best ones, like top three? I mean, Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile, and I I don't know. I'd have to like look after that, but those are the first two that like pop in my head of movies I absolutely love. Oh, and Stand By Me. Those would be right there. There you go. Top three. <laughs> I'll throw in a TV show, 11-22-63, about JFK, alternate history. That's really It's really good. Uh, for me, I mean, Shawshank's my favorite film of all time, so that's an easy one. Green Mile as well, uh, up there. But for me, I fucking love Running Man. I love, <gasps> I, I love yeah. Schwarzenegger. So. That's good great. One. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. Have, yeah. you, have you read that short story, Steve? I did. Yeah, I did. That's yeah. a really good short story, too. Yeah, I think that's one of the Bachman ones, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. But Arnold, man. Like, okay, I love Arnold. Only in a rerun. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Richard Dawson from Family Yeah, Richard Feeding. Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Doesn't he come out of retirement in that movie to try to kill him? He does, but then he's like, fuck it. <laughs> he doesn't actually go through with it. Yeah. That movie's yeah. amazing. I got to plug that one in. That was one of my most like watched VHS tapes when I was a kid. Me too. I, I fuck it. The Schwarzenegger films I watched over and over now was one that came up often for me. Yeah. Predator um, and Running Man. Yeah. Predator <laughs> See, for me, it was Predator and Commando. Oh, yeah. Commando's great. Stick around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. All right. right. We're doing Christine first. Let's do Christine. She is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure, evil. She is Christine, a 1958 Plymouth Fury, possessed by hell. Her previous owner is not alive to warn her present one. Once she lures you behind the wheel, you will be hers, body and soul. There is no place you can hide, no place you can run, And nothing you can do can stop her. Because how do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? 
Christine. Body by Plymouth. Soul by Satan. All right, 1983. Uh, this story's about Dennis and Arnie, who are best buds. Arnie's like the typical nerdy dude. Um, Dennis is like the jock, good-looking, gets all the girls. And Arnie's just, you know, very awkward about it, like around everybody. Um, until he finds his car. That's kind of a beater. Um, a 58 Plymouth Fury. And the car kind of, like, once he gets the car, it starts morphing him into, like, kind of a dickhead. Uh, at first, it's good. He gets a lot of confidence, starts talking to women, um, starts sticking up for himself a little bit better to other people as well as his family. Uh, but, you know, it slowly corrupts him and turns him into just like a not like not a good friend, not a good boyfriend to this hot chick that he finally gets to hook up with. Um, the story, a lot of it is about their friendship and about, you know, growing up and coming of age and things like that. Sending around a killer car. And whenever you think of a killer car, you think it's kind of, you know, lame or could be like laughable but it's actually really well done and i'll leave it at that for you guys yeah so christine i i absolutely love this movie uh it's just so well made and uh the the car transforming looks so good for 1983 it's it's like, it's like yeah. shocking how good they uh, they did that uh all the car scenes in this movie are like just top notch i absolutely adore a lot of it uh, definitely a Stephen King film because it's got bullies and he loves his his bullies, especially like 1950s kind of yeah, looking bullies. The greasers. Uh, yeah, he loves that. <laughs> that's like that guy looks like John, John Travolta. <laughs> he does. Uh, actually, that that's one of my weird things about this movie. I find all the teens look like they're 40 years old. I don't know if it's just <laughs> like the time or what, but I find they all look like super old for their age. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a great film. Uh, great story and the car is just an absolute icon in horror as far as i'm concerned and i i love it yeah i'm right there with you i loved this movie um i actually hadn't seen it in probably over you know like a close to a decade from when i revisited this for this show and it, it still fucking holds up amazingly i yeah i mean i fucking absolutely love this movie uh i mean i think it's one of carpenter's best movies no doubt about it I uh, love the soundtrack. Just love the car, man. Like, watching, rewatch this movie, I'm like, man, I just want a car like that, like, so bad. Just driving around, like, like a cool car like that. That'd be so fun. My first car was, like, a 91 Honda Accord shitbox. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, there's just so much, like, good in this movie. There's not much bad. Um, yeah, the, the car looks awesome. The, I love Arnie. Arnie's character is great in this. I love his arc. And, uh. Yeah, and you got that uh, the chick in it too, who's you know easy on the eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like all the good car stuff aside, I really think that the characters were like believable. Um, yeah. You know, when they're 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 back and forth about girls and stuff like that, it wasn't it didn't seem forced at all. It seemed like they're legit buddies hanging out, and I, I their friendship is just is really cool, and it's it's pretty sad too, like when. Um, Dennis eventually like hangs out with him and Arnie's like well past like he's he's well into being a dickhead now and he's like man like when you hang out and like what should we drink to he's like friendship he's, oh yeah that's good that's really good it's just like he's making Dennis feel so bad about like trying to be his friend still and I thought that was a really good touch 
Yeah, definitely. I love Arnie's like transition to like how he like slowly starts turning into the the greaser. You know, like obviously he's yeah. like full fledged full fledged nerd, and then just like quickly like just starts becoming that like nineteen fifties greaser, like same year as the car and stuff. Really, really cool touch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just that that. I mean, obviously, I think the most iconic scene of the whole movie is when the bullies come, fucking trash the car, and then the car fucking just, you know, rebuilds itself. Just, like, such a really cool scene. Uh, and, yeah, and just, like, the just that soundtrack, too, with, you know, Carpenter's synth soundtrack when the car rebuilds itself. It's just, yeah, really memorable. Great stuff. I really like how relentless Christina is, too. Like, yeah driving into shit and squeezing into that one little tight space and just yeah. fucks herself up. It's like a great white shark, you know? She's like coming <laughs> after him nonstop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's awesome all around. It's just... Uh, uh, any negatives you guys have about this movie? There's like not. There's nothing I can like honestly think of. I mean, it's not like a perfect movie to me or anything like that, but like... It's just like little, like just like little stuff. Nothing like that. Like nothing I can like really like pinpoint. But yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I'm near that. I found it a little slow in certain parts. Uh, it takes a little bit like to get going, but once it does, it's like relentless. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just and I maybe it could have amped up the gore a little bit. Uh, just personally, I, you know, but uh, yeah, overall, it's such a great movie that you can easily overlook those things, and it's really more nitpicking, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's been a, it had been a while since I'd seen it too. I, I love that kid who's like the, at the beginning of Ghostbusters there that gets shocked by Bill Murray. Yeah, you know, he, I don't know why that kid amuses me, but yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. What do you think kind of car they would use if they remade this today? Ooh, great question. I, I think just stick with it, right? Mm-hmm. Just do the do the Plymouth Fury Fury again. Like it just works so well. Yeah, I can see them being yeah, like something get... stupid though. <laughs> like a... Yeah, I can yeah. see them like maybe doing like a '70s Corvette or something oh, like that. Be, or like a Chevy Nova or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think just like yeah, I think it the the car works perfectly for this movie. So and I love. Too, we didn't mention this, but I love how it only plays like the like fifties like mm. doo-wop music in the car. <laughs> That's such a cool little touch. And the the driving scene's great too, where the car fucking the lights like get really bright in the car and she's like choking and shit and Arnie's trying to get her out. That's a great scene. Yeah, and it kinda like uh you know, like Bumblebee and Transformers. I like how uh the songs are picked to kind of emote what Christine is feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I thought that was really cool uh, as well. A nice little touch. Yep, definitely. And uh, we didn't even talk about this either. Is when he first buys the car. I love that that the old dude there. He's just such a cool, fun little character too. And I love the the the. the oh, go for it, Steve. I was gonna say that the old man from Home Alone. <laughs> oh yeah, that is the old man from Home Alone, right? <laughs> yeah. And the thing the thing that freaks me out is that so this is like in the early '80s, right? And he looks old as fuck <laughs> in that movie. He died in like 2011. Wow, like, really? Yeah, he's only like 50, 50 something in that movie, but he looks like he's 80. Yeah, he does. That's crazy. Well, it's like crazy. the guy from uh, The Exorcist that 
I forget his name, but he yeah, was but he, Max... he, he was he was aged though in uh, Max von yeah. Like so he was aged specifically for the movie, whereas this is like his natural look. Yeah, <laughs> he had a hard life. Yeah, yeah, and apparently. I, and I was gonna say, I also love the uh, shop owner too, who's most probably maybe famously known for playing uh, in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's like the the uh, TV uh, station owner yeah, so or whatever see, in that I, one. I, I knew him more from uh, Last Action Hero. Oh, that's right. Who, okay. Who owns yeah, the theater. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a great character in this too. He's just like a complete like dickhead, but he's like kind of has like a little bit of a heart too towards Arnie. So. All right. <laughs> All right. Want to rate it? Yeah. I'm going to go. I really love this movie. It's one of my favorite Carpenter movies as well. Um, And yeah, like I said, there's not too much negative for me on this one. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go eight and a half on it. Exactly the same score I have. Uh, I'm an eight. I I liked it a lot, though. And it's just definitely a great film that we all obviously highly recommend. All right. Let me see what Salem's Lot got to say about it on IMDb here. Do you believe a thing can be inherently evil? Marston House, for instance. How do you like that old house? Needs work, but we have time. Open the window. He commands it. Quiet little town of Salem's Lot. Oh, it's only all just happened since... Since I came here. Well, well. Tried to rape me. The vampires are creating vampires. Hey, this thing is moving. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Bill, Bill! Where are you, Billy, darling? Mr. Bardo is on a buying trip, but the moment he arrives... You'll enjoy Mr. Bravo. He'll enjoy you. Okay, Salem's Lot, 1979 TV uh, miniseries. Or is it a, a TV movie or miniseries? It played over two nights, so it's considered a miniseries. Like it really, kind of? It's, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So, a, uh, a novelist and a young horror fan attempt to save a small New England town which has been invaded by vampires. Uh, so early on, we're treated to this, uh, novelist that goes back to, um, Salem's Lot to, you know, start poking around to this old house that he remembers from when he was a kid where he had like a negative, negative experience. Um, he meets a lot of cast of characters. Uh, you got, you know, you got your typical overweight cop. That's a dick. Uh, you got your cheating wife. You got a douchebag real estate agent. You got literally every freaking person in the town has a little story coming out. Um, we meet a kid that's probably we identify with him because he's a horror fan and he has like these monsters and his parents are like, when you get to grow out of this shit. And he's like, I just like it, dad, leave me alone. <laughs> um, and then we're, we're stuck with the main character, the novelist trying to figure out what the hell's going on. There's people dropping around, dropping like flies because they're anemic or they just faint and bodies start turning up and people start floating to their buddy's windows and turning them into catatonic states. And, um, that's three hour, three and a half hours of that, and I guess I'll end there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I 
this is actually a first time watch for me. I had never seen Salem's Lot before. I've always heard good things about it for the most part. Um, of course, I know the character of Barlow, you know, being at, you know, there's a famous monster museum in Salem actually here that like has him prominently featured as one of the, you know, featured wax figures. So I was, you know, I was pretty excited to go into this. Um, and I'm kind of split on this one. I, I really, you know, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think of it. Cause I know it's kind of considered like a horror classic and whatnot. And I definitely think there's great stuff in here, but I also think there's a lot of not so great stuff in here. Um, mainly the runtime. Uh, I have had never had a problem with like long run times, like especially like it, the miniseries, like never had a problem with that. Like I could sit down on one like shot, watch that. No problem. But this one really seemed to drag for me like quite a bit. Um, especially like, um, like Todd was saying, there's like every single like character has like a side story, which I thought some of them were great. Others like not so much, but like just a lot of filler in here that I felt was completely unnecessary. Um, this movie definitely could have been a one night thing. Like it, Really, this was like a one and a half hour movie stretched into like three and a half hours. And that is where like um, I would say is my big negative with this. I mean, I love the character of Barlow. He looks great in this. I love the um, the other dude there, like his like um, familiar, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that and let you guys kind of talk. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those movies that chalks it up more to nostalgia than actually being good because I have vivid memories of being really scared of some of the scenes as this as a kid. So it holds a lot of nostalgia for me, but watching it as an adult there, like you said, there's just so much they could have cut out of this. There's full storylines. Like for example, the guy who uh, his wife is cheating on him that, had yes. zero <laughs> zero uh, like anything I, I, related to the story i, I kind of love that though i kind of love that scene like with him right. with the gun with the shotgun mm. i mean it's great but is it necessary like absolutely could have nah. been cut it, it doesn't add to the story At like all. whatsoever yeah <laughs> right no exactly like yeah it's, it's a nice little like kind of detour thing but it, it it's a good 10 15 minutes that could have easily been cut out of this film and it wouldn't change the story whatsoever uh, just like a lot of stuff like that, that it, it's like they padded it to make it two episodes uh, with completely pointless stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, there's just some good scenes. I like the way the vampires look, especially, of course, Barlow. But um, it's just such a long movie, and that's what really weighs this one down. Uh, but if you can kind of edit it together properly, I think it would be a very good hour and a half hour 40 movie but at three hours it's it's a tough it's a tough grind yeah i can't really add too much to what you guys are saying is i, I agree 100 percent um you know i think this if you want to watch a movie that does it better you know fright night is probably the obviously obvious choice is very similar to this even though you know fright night clearly came out after but um that final, like, I don't know, 25 minutes is pretty damn good, like, once it starts getting going. And I really like the scene where um, they go to the, the kid's house, and he kills his parents, even though, like, he knocks their head together and it's kind of goofy. But when he offers a priest, like, hey, man, we're going to give up for this boy's life. And he's, like, like trying to, he's like, what do you want? He's like, 
uh, well, fucking put your faith against my my master's faith, and we'll see what happens. And then, like, you know, he sacrifices himself for the boy to live one more night, and the priest dies. I thought he was a really good character. He went out like a champ, opposed to the cop who just, like, you know, cut out town and ra- town and ran. But, uh, the, you know, the last, I don't even know how long, but it was really good once they got going. And I really like the ending where they're kind of on the run and vampires are still chasing him and he has to kill his girlfriend. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think it is because, like, just the a nostalgia play on this one or just, like, people remember the Barlow scenes? You know, I'm going to consider this a first watch because I've seen some of the Barlow scenes, but I never sat down and watched this movie fully. Mm-hmm. But I... I get well, Steve. You saw it when you were a kid, right? Yeah, this is probably my third or fourth watch. Uh, I saw it okay. twice as a kid. And, uh, yeah, and I do like when I when I was thinking about the movie before we were watching it, I was thinking about the window scene. I was thinking about uh, the guy in the rocking chair saying, "Was it uh, let me in? Let me know." Something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I was thinking of the like three Barlow scenes because he's really not in the movie all that much. And I was completely forgetting about everything else in the movie. And I, that's why I think nostalgia plays a big role uh, to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people probably haven't revisited it. And if they did, they'd feel the same way, where when you start seeing those other scenes, it starts to kind of kind of bring the movie down a little bit. I had a question about Straker, though, his familiar. Um, one was, why did he want the real estate agent to... Um, chain up all the exits in the beginning like did he not want him getting out because i thought the whole point was him to get out yeah was it for the other vampires to not get out uh well it was right after those guys delivered um his coffin Mm -hmm. which which is great which is a great scene like i love that whole uh build up to them getting barlow's uh you know the crate he's in and then it keeps moving in the truck and shit and there's a lot of uh, great tension in that scene, so that that's definitely one of the uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, and then my other question was, did he have some kind of strength because he threw the doctor into the the wall like he had some powers? So I just got a little bit confused by that, like how he hung him up on the the deer antlers and stuff, and he took like six freaking shots from a revolver before he went down. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm assuming he had some sort of power right? where he was, like, slowly turning into. Maybe Barlow was slowly turning him or something. Yeah. Maybe. But he was a, he was a great character. I loved him. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. he was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, man, I think the best scene in the whole movie for me was when um, they're sitting at the in the kitchen and, you know, the lights start flickering and then Barlow shows up and yeah. you, you see the, the uh, what is it, the ape on the floor kind of moving around and then barlow just comes out comes out up from it that is i think the coolest scene in the whole movie yeah. forgot to mention too directed by toby hooper of texas chainsaw massacre fame that's right i was really when i was watched yeah when that popped up on the screen i was like oh shit i didn't realize toby hooper did this that's that's pretty cool yeah you can tell he was restrained though because it was a tv movie definitely they could have done some really cool shit with this yeah, and that's yeah, so, what I was thinking the whole time watching this, because I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what they do with this potential remake that's going to be happening. Yeah, so it's actually supposed to be directed by George Romero. Uh, and when they switched it from a movie to a miniseries, he dropped out. Um, so I would have been interested to see what a 1970s 
uh, Romero would have done with this because that was like at his prime. He would have uh, fucking killed it, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it would have been really interesting to see what he would have done. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah, Romero almost did Resident Evil too, the first one. He got fired from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's too bad. Like, I understand why we don't see Barlow a lot in the movie. You know, sometimes less is more. But in this case, I think I would like to see him a little bit more. And I know they filmed more scenes of him and they just didn't put it into the series because I read an interview with the actor who played him that said he was pissed off because it was such a bitch to do that makeup, especially with the eyes, uh, the contacts he had to put on, which were really painful. And for them to cut most of his scenes, he was really mad about it. So I think that would have been really cool to see kind of more of what he does and more of what he's about and that kind of stuff. So missed opportunity there. But uh, he looks a lot better in this miniseries than he is described in the book. And in uh, he's put into the 2004 version, which is basically just an old guy with powers. So, yeah, I heard, I heard in the book like he talks and everything. He's kind of like uh, like the Fright Night. He's, he's kind of like Fright Night. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. he's like. Um, which would have been weird. That honestly, if Barlow didn't look like that and he was like that in this movie, I probably would not have liked this movie at all. <laughs> yeah, true. If they didn't have that kid either, I like that kid a lot. Yeah, but uh, Barlow kind of went out like a chump too. He didn't really have any. No, he did. Final yeah, battle. I agree. He just got stabbed like nine times, and that was it. That was kind of disappointing. Yeah. I mean, have Have either of you read the like the book? Because I'm just curious no. as like to yeah no. I just want to know like how different it is from like the source material. No, but my wife did, and she says it's very different. Okay. Very different. There's, there's, okay. Yeah. There, well, there, there's a lot of stuff that they took out. She like a better the book, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's generally for her though. It's uh, the book's better than the movie. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, the 2004 version is closer to the book than this one. Which I've never seen Rob Lowe. Correct? No, I just know I Rob Lowe either. Yeah. yeah. Rob Lowe stars. That's all I know. Yeah, a future what watch probably. For me. I'll I'll probably pass. <laughs> <laughs> That was a TV miniseries as well, I guess. Three hours. I don't know if I have enough three hours in me. <laughs> it, it, is it really three hours? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it does. It says three hours. It was a TV miniseries, but this is why I would want to watch it. Donald Sutherland played Strick in it. Uh, that's Ooh. a good cast. That's a good casting choice. And Rucker Hauer plays Barlow. That's awesome. But does it look? <laughs> does he look the same though? I wonder. No, I don't. No, see he's, any he's human. Here. Yeah. Well, that's right. I, you said it was more like the book, huh? Yeah, he's just like a basically old guy with powers. Doesn't... I don't feel like that. Yeah. Oh, here he is. There's a still of power, and he, he has different eyes. That's it. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, this was on TNT, the, yeah. the, the, the Rob Lowe one. Yeah, it's not a good sign. <laughs> I'm gonna send you guys a screenshot and it, might, it may doesn't change your have mind. a bad rate. It doesn't. It doesn't have a bad rating though. It has a 6.2. And the original Sam's Lot has a 6.8, so it's not a big difference. Right. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> you still want to watch that? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. That's the porn And then version. I was going to. Apparently, in 1987, they made a sequel called A Return to Sam's Lot, which I've never seen. Have either one of you guys seen that? Never no. even knew it existed. 
Yeah. It says, a man and his son vacation to the quiet vampire populated town of Salem's Lot. Has currently a 4.4 on IMDb, so... Eh. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching. Uh, do you ever guys? You guys ever watch uh, Minty on uh, YouTube? No. No. Okay. So he's he's a he's a guy who does top ten things that you don't know about like movies, and he talks about kind of behind the scenes stuff and all that stuff. Very very interesting uh, guy. If ever you guys are looking for that kind of info, and I watched it for this, and he said that the sequel has very little to do with the original, other than the fact that it's in Salem's Lot and it features vampires. But he says, other than that, it could have been anything else and wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, I can see that. And apparently it's more political, where it's about vampires have taken over the town, and it's about how they can like live among humans, and ah, that's apparently what it's about. Okay. Yeah. I ain't playing that. Yeah, which is basically <laughs> what, uh, what, what's that stupid show called? Um, Vampire, no, Vampire Diaries or the other one? True Blood, one, one of the two is exactly that. I always wanted to watch True Blood. I never did, though. Yeah, I never watched it either. My wife just finished it, so I, I peeked at it a lot. Man, that it is like practically a porno. It's That's what I've heard. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you like, if you want to see Rogue from X Men naked, uh, you get plenty of opportunities in that show. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> How many seasons is it? Like six, I think. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to rate this freaking thing? Let's sure. Do it. I'm gonna go low here with a 5.75. Mhm. Yeah. I'm uh. I was like kind of torn. Uh. Cause I was just like, man, I. I was like, there is a lot of good stuff in here, but there's just so much that weighs it down, unfortunately. And it's just like, I'm like, would I re like rewatch this or would I watch it again? Not re. Probably not. Honestly. Um. You know says a lot about the movie and stuff but i think you know if you're into vamp like the vampire genre which isn't my favorite genre of horror um you might you know, like this and stuff but so i'm gonna go with, i'm gonna go a six on it yeah uh, i i have nostalgia for it because i had seen it as a kid and i vividly remembered those scenes scaring me uh but even even with that having seen it again i think i would also put it at a six it's just it's just too much filler for it to be something i'd necessarily recommend but it is a classic so i do think people should see it once but yeah i don't think i'd revisit this again for at least another decade yeah hey how shitty was that girl that was cheating on her husband <laughs> she was as soon as she got caught she was willing to like let him actually yeah yeah, 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 right. She sold him down the river. Yeah. 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 Like, damn, she's like, he raped me. And he's like, did you go to jail? He's like, not for killing my wife's rapist. And she was like, yeah, he did it. I'm like, dang, this girl's ruthless, man. Yeah. I couldn't believe how many side stories there were in this movie. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? You had the freaking, yeah. the teacher doing a play. Yeah. You had the cheater. The you cemetery the guy cemetery with the dog. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Why did he kill his dog, man? The dog never, literally did nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, then you had the other, uh, the guy, who, the jealous guy. The plumber just, that beat his ass. Yeah, How funny just, was that scene, though, where he pops yeah. out of nowhere? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just beats his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's the, just a lot of stuff The here. crazy guy, the crazy drunk guy. Yeah, the weasel. Yeah. <laughs> the weasel. Town bum. 
Do we yeah. even see Barlow in the whole first like part, like part no. one, like the he, first he, hour and a half? Yeah. I I don't know where the cutoff is because I was watching it on Blu-ray. I think, see, yeah, so I don't know when the cutoff is, but I kind of assumed it, um, like, when he puts the opening soon sign up, like, at the antique shop, you're at about, I, I, because I even looked on my, uh, you know, I looked to see, like, like how far in I was, and it was, like, an hour and 40 in, so I'm like, ah, this is probably about the part they stopped at, so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That whole, like, scene, that whole thing with the shop, Reminded yeah, me a lot yeah. of need, Needful Things. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. ever saw that one. No, I've never seen that one. Uh, yeah, Max, Max von Sydow opens a store. Well, yeah, the basic plot is Max von Sydow opens a store, and he ha- he's, like, basically like the devil, and every person who comes in, he has, like, the perfect item for them. And, he, the, you know, like, there's there's a catch. So if you take the item, then there's some kind of punishment for it. And it's very good film that nobody voted for. Maybe one person voted for uh but yeah so ch- check it out if you guys ever get a chance i'm gonna see if i can find that on the stream kind of right now reminds yeah. me of the reminds me of the simpsons Trials of horror when homer goes to that shop and everything yeah, is cursed right <laughs> probably yeah. play on that probably yeah yeah i have it on uh on dvd i think so i don't know if it's streaming anywhere. yeah uh well, it's shout Hulu. out I think my picks fared the worst, which were uh, sometimes they come back and Secret Window. So I've never <laughs> Thanks, seen guys. either of those. <laughs> Secret Window, I actually think is pretty underrated. I actually think it's a really good story. Um, uh, sometimes they come back. I've actually never seen, so that's why I picked that one. Never even heard of that one. Yeah, Secret Window is a good one though. John Johnny Depp and John Turturro, good cast. Yeah, I remember going to the movies and. I- me and my friends split off because a group was going to see Secret Window. Me and this other guy went to see Down the Dead, and we made the right choice with Down the Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely 100%, made the right yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, I've never but seen Secret, it, but... Yeah. But see, it's, it's, a, it's a good little thriller. I, I definitely recommend at least a one-time watch on it. Yeah, man, did, I just... Did you ever see it, Steve? I did, but only, like, in 2005 or whatever. When uh, least, like, so you they, don't have, like... Fit memories on it too much then i don't i don't remember because I, 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 I confuse it with i think disturbia with disturbia uh, um, okay. is good man <laughs> yeah it is and i yeah, i, I, can't, I don't really remember good. which is which of the two is which like story-wise <laughs> so seeker window is uh johnny depp is a uh author and he's like has our like writer's block so he's like he retreats to like a cabin by himself and he uh is like dealing with that and he's also dealing with like his divorce and then this guy shows up to his door and says that he uh plagiarized one of his stories from like 10 or 15 years ago and uh like basically this character who's played by john Turturro, most famously probably known for the jesus in the big lebowski um who's who's actually really good in this but yeah he's basically uh like the rest of the story he's trying to figure out like if he really did plagiarize it and Totoro's character kind of terrorizes him it's uh really good and then there's like a big twist in there and stuff so yeah he was dead the whole time oh i don't know i just remember <laughs> the trailer i remember the trailer like the guy saying like you stole my story yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah now i just want to watch Dead okay. though to be honest yeah i actually okay no i don't i didn't see it what i was thinking yeah. of was from hell which was also Johnny uh, Depp around that time. Yeah, yeah, so yep. I don't think I actually watched Secret Window. Now that I think about it. 
Well, there you I... go. Do it during your Stephen King re- re- revisitation. Yeah. Uh, it'll be up there. Yeah. yeah. I always confuse Stigmata and From Hell. I don't really know which one's which. Stigmata's, Stigmata's the one. Patricia uh, Arquette. Yeah, and yeah. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Huh. That's, That's a great actually film. movie. That movie scared the shit out of me when I saw it uh, the first time. I love that film. That's a yeah, great Yeah. Film. I really like that movie, too. It's been a long time, but I, that. that's that movie, like, legit, I saw it in theaters, and it, like, scared the shit out of me, like, when I saw it. <laughs> I should consider it for a classic episode. Stigmata, oh, yeah. Yeah, I would, I'd totally do it. Yeah, I, I would love to revisit it. It's been a long time. Cool. All right. So, all the listeners, uh, watch The Lodge or Gretel and Hansel, and we'll get to be one of those next. Depending on Canada. We'll see what... That's right. So, so blame Canada. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.